So this afternoon we'll uh, continue our practice of uh, meditation, samatha, vipassana, samatha, calming the mind, vipassana, looking into the mind, understanding, insight. Um, and there's often a, a question about um, you know, how how much calm do you need before you can do insight, um, you know, whether you have to get so that the mind isn't thinking at all and absolute calm and clarity and then you can begin to observe or um, what Ajahn Chah used to say in fact was well just enough so that you can observe the arising and ceasing of conditions so you know you can experiment in your own practice I remember when I first did a retreat I kind of was a bit upset when it was suggested that we move away from the calm practice because I kind of I knew what I was doing with that by that time after two or three days I was confident in that and then the the vipassana practice was introduced and suddenly I was all over the place and <laughs> didn't know what I was doing and what I was supposed to be doing and uh, a lot of doubt a lot of confusion uh, so I'm aware that in this it's not been terribly long that we've been practicing together and sometimes uh, you know the, the, there can be some uncertainty about how to proceed and whether one's doing it right um, so basically, you know, a little bit of calm. Use the breath as a kind of reference point, the breath or the body, you know, just re- re- um, softening the face, relaxing the shoulders. You can even practice just being aware of the hands, the sensation in the hands as ways of establishing presence. You know, if you find that your mind is being uh, pulled away into interesting planning or remembering. Um, so... Basically, what what we're really trying to do is just to establish a kind of um, a position of just being the silent witness, just noticing what arises, and just staying staying present, um, and just noticing things arising and ceasing. Um, and some of the things will be pleasant, um, you know, happy happy memories, exciting, interesting plans, good ideas. And some may be much less pleasant, confusing, frightening. But when we when we practice in this way, there's the silent witness, just watching, noticing. Really, very much like watching a movie. You know, when you watch a movie, the images are all there on the screen, all kinds of stuff happening on the screen. Um, and well, I don't know about you. I usually, I mean, I don't often watch movies now, but uh, you can get totally sucked into the drama and end up you know, crying when it's sad and feeling excited and happy when it's happy and totally, totally involved with it. Um, but we do have the capacity, even when watching a most compelling movie, to actually just bring awareness to the chair that we're sitting on, come to the breath, and just sort of remember that, you know, you're not in the movie. It's not nothing to do with you, uh, but it's obviously triggering something. Uh, so that's something some of you may like to experiment with, to notice. Um, the other thing somebody's just asked about is, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when the mind is fairly quiet, quietening down, is that you can have all kinds of images arising. You know, it can be quite interesting that you can remember things like, say, from early childhood, um, or experiences that you've had over your lifetime. You know, often quite random. Um, just arising and, you know, you can sort of think, oh gosh, what's this about? Is this some message? But 
or else what I get actually on uh, on a retreat quite often is just really weird, bizarre images, you know, just crazy. And somehow or other, I've never been all that disturbed by these. I mean, maybe I should have been, <laughs> because some of them are very strange. But the way I see it, it's just a kind of mental clearing out. Um, one of the stories that Arjun Sumedho tells about when he was in Thailand, and you know, one day he just sat watching his mind going completely crazy, you know, and all these just weird thoughts coming out of his head. And he just sat and watched, and in the morning he felt ever so much better. <laughs> So it's like it's like a kind of I see it as kind of like just a general clear out, a purification. Um, it can also be, I mean, because they they can be, um, you know, sometimes with with childhood things or memories from, you know, particularly if you've had a fairly fortunate life and you know the memories are pleasant. You there is a um, uh, danger, putting it much too strongly, but. You know, it, one can get lost in these. You know, you can spend a lot of time just going over uh, scenarios from when you were little, when you were growing up, teenage years, and so on. And um, that's okay, but make sure you just remember that this is just a movie. It's not actually what's happening right now. Um, so it's 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 good to try to 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 observe it to be curious about it as a mental process but um avoid getting too too drawn in or making too much of it i would suggest <clears throat> there may be other kinds of memories like if you've had some kind of terrible trauma or difficulty growing up um where perhaps the images are much less pleasant much um you know much more difficult to to witness and um i think with with those kind of things um it's almost an opportunity to to befriend the the trauma just to kind of uh to begin to integrate it into your uh present adult life um, so if they arise say on the walking path just to, to keep reminding yourself that this was something that happened to a small boy a small girl many many years ago and okay there's still perhaps the the pain and but healing can happen you know, rather than getting too involved with it, just to to focus on on the on the painful sensations, and just to hold them gently in consciousness, with the intention to allow a kind of coming into balance. I mean, this is where things like psychotherapy or counselling can can be helpful um, if there are scars um, or or traumas that are affecting your life now. Um, but with most most things uh, that you are likely to uh, experience in the mind over these days, it's just it's just stuff coming up. And even if it's a bit mad, you know, even violent or sexual, this is just it's it's as though the mind has relaxed a little bit, and rather than keeping everything kind of the way that you think it should be, it's as though you're giving it permission to. Um, 
to reveal a bit more of the um, energies and desires uh, that are kind of latent. But please don't make too much of it because we all of us have these things and they arise and they cease and the need, there's, there's, it's, not, it's not, a, not a big thing. You don't need to make anything of it. Um, I would suggest, I mean, I've had lots of these things and, you know, just see, well, I'm living as a nun, you know, many things, we, we give up many things, uh, but it doesn't mean that they actually go uh, out of our minds, out of our bodies. We still remember, we still, they can still arise in consciousness. It's just one of those things, like everything else, that arises and ceases. Not a big deal. Don't have to feel guilty or worried that you're going off the rails. <laughs> so, uh, better not to act on them. <laughs> but uh, to just patiently bear witness to the to the crazy to the to the craziness of our, of our minds. So I hope that's helpful. So we can we can sit quietly and continue our patient practice of observation. I thought just to say a little bit more about um, things arising in the mind. Uh, in meditation on retreat, um, because this may be something some of you are experiencing. Um, what can also happen is that we can, if we've had a, say, a bereavement, even many years ago, and we haven't actually been able to uh, feel through the sorrow, um, and instead have just been very you know, brave and coped, um, sometimes when we come on retreat, that, that sorrow can arise. And again, it's, it's nothing to worry about. It's just that it needs to, it needs to be witnessed. It needs to be allowed space to, to pass through. So it's part of a process of, of grieving. Um, you know, situations where, you know, people have maybe lost a mother or close family member at the age of 16 and then as an adult, you know, 35, 40 years old, suddenly just enormous amounts of grief arising uh, on a retreat. So um, this is another thing that can happen. <laughs>